0: Well, it's so good that you've come out today to worship at Open Bible Christian, and uh, I know God has something in store for all of us this morning. So, uh, and also too, I want to share with you uh, a word that we got received from the Lord, and this was back some time back, uh, about three months ago, I believe, uh, to be exact, uh, two and a half, three months ago, Revelations 3, 2, it says, be watchful, be watchful. And strengthen the things that remain. And, you know, I really felt like that was for our church. And, you know, uh, God is more concerned about you than he is these four walls. Somebody say amen. amen. So we're not talking about a building. We're talking about you. He's concerned about you. And God wants to strengthen you. And God wants to help you. And God wants to uh, enable you and empower you. And we've been talking over the last few weeks of how God, how important it is for the power of God in one's life and how that God gives us that power. We don't we, we, we can't we can't operate in our own power. If we do, we're gonna fall flat on our face. But if we have the power of God, come on somebody, you know, it's gonna work out for us. And even in our 301 class, I've been a part of that helping Jim and and uh, it's just been great to see, you know, the discovering of spiritual gifts. And it and and and, and it's exciting and, and what that means to one, okay? And And God has a purpose for our spiritual gifts and our spiritual power. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. Today's message is grabbing hold of spiritual opportunities. How many of you know that God will bring opportunities by our lives? Somebody say amen. I mean, God will do that, okay? So, you know, we, and I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. And if you get anything out of this message today, I'll tell you what, we're going to kind of continue that Wednesday night. In a way that we're going to kind of break the bread and, and kind of peel the onion and and get down to the to the to the place where you can understand what God is trying to say. But we find here in Matthew chapter five. Now this is over two thousand years ago that Jesus preached the sermon on the mount, okay? And, and he's talking to a crowd on the hillside, but actually literally. He's also talking to us today. That that ringing, you know, they say that, that, that you know, uh, words go out and the voice goes out. It, it continues to go out. It goes out. And so, you know, over 2,000 years ago when Jesus spoke those words, he's speaking those words to us today. How many of you know God's word to us today is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago? Somebody say amen. It never gets old, okay, because it's God's word, okay? So he, here's what he said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Listen to what he said. You Now, Jesus was talking to the crowd, but he's also talking to us, you and I here today. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light. Notice this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people put a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, notice that, in the same way, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here and for the anointing that I'm sensing already upon these lips of clay. Heavenly Father, hear us today. And help us to understand your words. Give us ears that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. That we may walk out of here and have direction, God, in everything that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Now, uh, question. How many of you salt your food before you taste it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, some of you are saying, huh? <laughs> I see some people, as soon as the food comes out, they grab the salt shaker. Come on, somebody. My wife being one of them, all right? I said, you haven't even tasted that food yet, and you're salting it in." Oh, I never get enough salt, you know? She keeps a salt shaker in, and, a, and a pepper shaker in her SUV. She drives around. If She gets something somewhere. You know, most of these places, I think, put too much salt on it. Hello? But, but, but my wife is like salt, okay? And I know, know some of you. So, so what did Jesus mean by this metaphors here of salt and light? Uh, first of all, well, let's ask the question, what's a metaphor? And a metaphor is like a word or a phrase that's used as a comparison of two people or animals or whatever it is. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's a, uh, uh, you know, a comparison. It, and it's like I have fallen through a trap door of depression. Does that make sense? They've fallen through a trapdoor of depression. In other words, you went down, you know. In other words, that, that's the metaphor that, that, that one may use. Okay, so that's what a metaphor is. So here Jesus is saying, I want you to live your lives, live your lives that people may thirst for me. Live them in a way that people will thirst. In other words, when you get around someone, it makes them thirsty for God. In other words, there's something about your lives. And live your lives as, uh, you know that are like salt and, and shine your, you know, and like light, I should say, and shine your grace and your compassion on others that are around you. So in your notes, the word salt, live in a way that makes people thirst for God. Live in a way that makes people thirst for God. And then light, shine God's grace and compassion in the dark areas of despair. Shine! Notice this. Shine God's grace and, compares, and, and compassion, I should say, into the dark areas of despair. Now, our one-liner here at OBC is building relationships that make a difference. And you know what? You know, many times you got to build a relationship with someone before they can begin to hear you. You know, you know, you befriend them, whatever it is. But then we need to go beyond that circle. We need to think about how we, as being salt and light inspire others and reach out to others and make others thirst okay how can we be stronger salt and and brighter lights you know what can we do how can we be more effective that's what i'm trying to say this morning what can we do to ratchet things up in our lives that people may see us and they're thirsty for god and our lights are shining in a way that it directs them unto jesus come on somebody. If you want to see more miracles in and, and, and your sphere of influence and see more lives transformed, this is what we would need to be. This is what it would need to, to look like. So, so anyway, what would that require of us to do? Now, to be stronger salt and brighter lights, that are some things that we engage in, I think that would help us, and number one, I want you to write this down, to become stronger salt and brighter lights, number one, live out our faith even when it costs us something. Write that down. Living out your faith, even when it costs you something. Now, Lee Strobel tells a story. Now, Lee Strobel is a, a man that's known in the circles that he's written a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, matter of fact, he was uh, an ex-atheist, and, and he really knows how to speak to people and, and, and you, know, uh, you know, defending the faith of, you know, that we had. Uh, so Lee Strobel, he tells this true story, and I want to share it with you this morning and. Uh, of his life, and, and as an atheist, and as an editor of the Chicago Times, and and, uh, and 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 he talks about a story about a man by the name of Ron that come into his life, and and this man by the name of Ron had so much uh, salt and light in his life that it affected Lee. In a a tremendous way. So Lee said, I was in the criminal court system one day, and a guy walked into the door by the name of Ron. And and now listen to his story. Now, Ron was the second-in-command in in the Bel Air Street Gang in Chicago, Illinois, in the 1970s. They were a ruthless uh, band of terrorists uh, in that community. And Ron was the, you know, he was a, a psychopath, okay, he, he was uh, second in command. He was, uh, you know, taken to the uh, uh, juvenile court uh, when he was nine years old. And, and he, why? Because he took a hammer and he threw it at his mom. And, and uh, anyway, they put him in, you know, juvenile court and later became a drug dealer. And and, and he's just one of those bad guys. Everybody say bad guy. Yeah. So one day he went hunting for a member of the street gang and he saw a brother of the guy from the gang and, and, and that beat up one of his members and one of his friends. So Ron took out a gun. Everybody say, he took out a gun. He took out his gun. He saw this guy. He started chasing this guy down the streets of Chicago. Bang, 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 bang. And he's shooting this guy. And the guy's ducking and ducking and, and trying to get away from Ron. Ron had murder in his heart. He was going to take this guy out. You know, they, you know and, and, and he turns a corner and they're running down. Boom, boom, boom. And a bullet hits the guy in the back, okay? And he fell face down on the sidewalk. And Ron caught up with him and he turned him over. And the guy's begging for his life. Please don't shoot me. I, I want to live. Please, please don't shoot me. don't Don't shoot me. And without an ounce of compassion, Ron took the gun and put it in his face and pulled the trigger. And the gun went click. And all of a sudden... Sirens started going off and, and, and he heard the sirens and he realized that the police were coming. He realized that he was a, an offender, a drug offender. He realized that he's in trouble. He realized he shot this guy and he's out of bullets. And so he's, he takes off running. Okay. He, he gets out of there. So, you know, uh, you know, so he got to his girlfriend, and he fled to Canada, okay? So he's wanted now by the police, okay? So later, they come back to the States. Nobody knew it. He settled. He slipped in the back door, come to Portland, Oregon, settled in there. He got his first legitimate job working in a metal shop, you know, and fabricating metal parts. And the people that owned the business were Christians, and they were, like, soft, and they were, like, light, and they began to witness the run. Come on, somebody. I think some of you know where this is going, Okay? And they shared the gospel of Jesus with Ron. And Ron realized that he was a terrible sinner. How many of you remember that when you were a terrible sinner, okay? And he realized he was he's a terrible sinner. He needed forgiveness through Jesus Christ. So he asked Jesus to, to forgive him of his sins and to come into his heart, and Jesus did. And Ron became a model employee, okay, of that company. He married his girlfriend. They had a cute little girl, the name of Olivia, and he became a pillar in the church too matter of fact Ron was one of those guys if he was in the hospital he was going to go visit you if you missed a, a church service he won't know where you was at and, and he's just one of those guys okay and, and so you know he, uh, he, he was just a pillar in the community too and, and the police had stopped looking for him okay uh, they were you know they were glad that he was out of Chicago get rid of Ron you're gone and we don't care about you anymore you know get out you know stay gone and, and he could have lived the rest of his life And nobody would have known that he was a criminal, that he was wanted, but Ron knew. Everybody say, Ron knew. knew. And one day he said to himself, I've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, but I have not been reconciled to society. And there was something that was eating at him, okay? And and there was still a warrant for his arrest and and for attempted murder. And he he says, he just felt like he was living a life of a lie. And he says, I can't do this as a Christian. So he kissed his wife and his daughter goodbye and knew he was going to face 20 years in prison. And he got to the train and went to Chicago and walked into the courtroom. Now, how many of you would agree that most people that walk into the courtrooms are looking for loopholes to get out of the law? Come on, somebody. <laughs> to get out of a something. You know, they, they want to get out of something. here Ron was putting himself not in a loophole, but he was putting a, uh, the, 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 the noose around his own neck. You know, most people try to get out of a criminal defense. He was, try, he was getting into one, okay? So Lee Strobel, an atheist, a reporter for Chicago Times, hears Ron's confession. And, and Ron walks in here, and, and he blows everybody away. He stands up before the judge. Here's what he says. He says, I'm guilty. He says, I did it. I shot the guy in the back. I intended to kill him. And if I need to go to prison, I understand. But I am a Christian now. And I believe the right thing for me to do is to admit what I did and, and to tell you that I'm sorry. And that's the reason I'm here today. So what I did was wrong, and I understand that, and I'm sorry. But here I'm yours. Now, Lee Strobel, he's standing there, and he was shocked about like everybody else. And, and people just didn't do that. And he's thinking, what in the world? This guy just come in and confessed all this. He's going to jail, you know. And he was stunned by what he had heard. But he was also, this atheist was attracted to this man's faith. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many of you know there's a way that seems, you know, that God has for us? It may not be right for others, but it's right for us. And, and God is leading us and guiding us in a way that people don't understand. And, and, and so here he is. So Lee Strobel went over to Ron, and he wanted to know more about his story. So if you want to know what it means to be having a stronger salt and stronger and brighter light in our lives it means that we need to live out our faith in a way that we pay a price somebody say amen see there's a price tag sometimes for things that's a little bit higher and a little bit further out there for us and sometimes god may be nudging us a little further out of their comfort zone or whatever it may be today because here's the deal when you take your faith that serious guess what other people take that your faith serious too come on somebody and they realize that this man his faith was something that that was extraordinary i mean who would do something like that but this man did he put his life on the line so 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 what does this mean to you and what does this mean how is this relevant to us today it may mean different things for different people that are sitting here this morning it may cost you something Uh, today as you listen to this message it may cost you your job maybe you're working for a boss who's transgressing you know ethical or moral boundaries you know and you're working for him and 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 you need to say you know i'm sorry but i'm a christian and i can't do that i can't do the things that you're doing and it may cost one someone's job somebody say man. It may cost someone money. Maybe, you know, you may owe back alimony or your children or your spouse, and God may be dealing with you today to, you know, take care of that situation. It may cost you a social price. You know, you may be in the midst of people at a dinner party, and they're uh, making fun of Christians. And all of a sudden, God begins to speak to you to stand up and say, Wait a second. There's another side to this. Let me tell you about it. How many of you know there's a price that one may have to pay, okay? And when one's so changed by Jesus Christ, it may cost one to take steps to do things that are right, even though they're not convenient. And it may put you in a situation that, but but that savory salt. And let me just say this, if that's the case, there's people probably watching and God has a plan for them too. So listen to what the scripture says. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting noble and doing right. For in due time. Everybody saying for in due time. Say it again. One more time. For in due time we shall reap if we do not loosen or relax our courage. See, see, God has a plan for us. And sometimes what we think is a blessing might be a problem coming into our lives. Come on, somebody. It may be a problem to other people, but it may be a blessing to us because it may be getting us on the right path. Somebody say amen. amen. And 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9, listen to this verse. Keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to God who made you for he will never fail you. Somebody say amen. So, as Paul Harvey said, let me tell you the rest of the story. Let's get back to Ron, okay? I know some of you are wanting You know. So, Ron uh, Bro, uh, Bronski, Bel Air street gang leader who got transformed by Jesus. And Lee Strobel, who wrote an article in Chicago, Times, uh, Chicago Tribune, I should say, about Ron's story. And the judge read it. Everybody say the judge read it. The next day, Ron went before the judge to be sentenced. The judge looked at Ron and said, with your background and with your criminal you know, record, you shooting the guy in the back. It was going to shoot him in the face. You deserve 20 years in prison. But, everybody say but. Oh, I like that. The judge, you know, I said, anybody went before a judge? Let me see your hands. I had to swear in the judge, and I went in to the, the courtroom, and there were about 200 judges there. And I'm thinking, did I pay that fine? Did I? <laughs> good night. I thought, does anybody know my name in here? <laughs> I hope I got it all straight. There are 200 judges in the room. It's like, whoa, wow. The judge said, but I believe you're a changed man. And I believe you're no longer a danger to society. So here's my sentence to you. Can we do this next week or you want it right now? I sentence you to go home and be with your wife and your little girl. All's forgiven. Give the Lord a hand clap. He let him go. And Lee asked Ron, what did you think about that? When, when the judge said that to you, what went through your mind? Lee, what the judge did was he showed me grace. A little bit about what Jesus did. Amen. Lee, I know that you're an atheist. You told me already. I just want you to know that if you let him... God will show you grace too. Lisa, I never forgot that. How many of you know sometimes it begins to eat away at you? Oh my. Today, everybody say today. Amen. Today, Lee Strobel is a Christian author, teacher, and preacher, no longer an atheist. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a hand clap. And Ron Bronski. <laughs> He's a pastor in a church church in the Pacific Northwest. Somebody say amen. So God, come on, give the Lord a hand. See, God has a way of turning things around in people's lives. And and here's a guy, you know, it was going to cost him something, but he was ready to take the risk. So if you want to know what it means to be a stronger salt and brighter light, it means that you have to live out your faith even when you have to pay a price. Folks, i tell you what, you know, some people, you know, they're just, they're just well, if I just make it to heaven. You know, I don't want to just make it to heaven. Let me tell you something. I want to take some people with me. Come on, somebody. I, I want to go there. And I just got, but how many of you have heard that thing, getting there by the skin of your teeth? Come on, somebody. I don't really know what that means. I'm going to have to look that up sometime. But let me tell you, I don't want to get there by the skin of my teeth. But I want to go in and I want to have folk and say, hey, you helped me to get here. Come on, so give the Lord a hand clap. And I know that's what you want as well. Number two, write this down. I think to be stronger, salt, and brighter lights, it means praying for people as if their life depended on it because it does. Praying for people as if their life depended on it because it does. You know, so we could be stronger, salt, brighter light by praying for people as if our life depended on it, okay? Okay. Now, this is what Jesus did on the cross. Everybody say, on the cross. on the cross. He's dying on the cross. And what was the last thing that Jesus, one of the, you know, the last seven sayings or words of Jesus on the cross. And one of them was this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I, I want to come to that place in my life where I don't have things in my life, things that, that that the enemy has holes on me and I grudges and things like that. I want to have the grace of God in my life. Come on, somebody. I want to have compassion in my life. I want to have forgiveness of others in my life, and I believe you want that too. Come on, somebody. That's what we need in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Here's what James 5.16 says. The earnest prayer Of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. How many of you want to be a person that prays and sees things happen? Let me see your hands. You know, Jesus said, "The prince of this world cometh." As a matter of fact, he said this in in, you know uh, to his disciples, "The prince of this world cometh, but he finds nothing in me. He finds nothing in me. He has no hold on me." So the earnest prayers of a righteous man has great power. If the enemy doesn't have any hold on you and you're praying, let me tell you something. You can change things. Elisha Elijah was a man of like passion. He prayed that there would be no rain. He shut up the heavens. He prayed that there would be rain, and it began to rain. In other words, God began to honor his prayers. How many of you know God honors prayers today? You can pray. The asking it shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knocking it shall be opened unto you. You have not because you... Ask not. You need to begin to ask God for things. You begin to pray for people. How many of you have lost loved ones of people that need to be saved? Let me see your hands. You know, God wants us to begin to pray for them. Come on, somebody. I believe we can change things. I had a 94-year-old grandmother, and one of her things was, she says, I do not want to die until my son Jim comes to know Jesus. Now, my dad says, I don't know why she's even around. And she said, A matter of fact, she was 94 year old. She had cancer. She'd even, matter of fact, she'd even come apart. Just, she was just skin and bones laying there and she would not die. And she's praying for her son, Jim, to come to Jesus. And let me tell you, the night, the, 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 the day that she died, the night before that, my uncle, down on, down here on uh, uh, the streets of Dayton, Ohio, he gave a city mission, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ, and she went on to be with Jesus. Her prayers was answered. I picked Jim up. I took him to the funeral, and we were talking about that, and he said, I know mom had been praying for me. I'm going to start living for God. He started living for God, and i to tell you what. He was, I'm tell you what he, he, he was an alcoholic. He had all kinds of problems. Let me tell you something. God can clean us all up. Somebody say amen. amen. We all are X something. Come on, somebody, amen. and God can help us. Can you say amen? amen? Number three, write this down. Helping people to get past their spiritual sticky points in their lives. Helping people get past their spiritual sticky points in life, and we have them, folks. So many of my friends and, and 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 children, grandchildren, neighbors, and colleagues, and have sticky points, spiritual sticky points in their life that they need to get by. And you saying, "Well, Pastor, what does that look like? What does that mean?" It may be a question. It may be objection. It may be a doubt. Something that is holding them up in their journey towards Christ. How many of you know there's times that you've had doubts and questions about Christianity? Somebody say amen. amen. And there's people that, that you're friends that do too. I, I think we as their friends need to care enough about them that we need to let them know That it's okay to have a question. It's okay to have a doubt. And that Jesus was never afraid of a question. Somebody say amen. Jesus was asked questions all the time. He never put his hands on his hips. Come on somebody and say well let me answer another one. (laughs) No he didn't do that. He knew that we needed an answer to the question. And he began to answer a question. Would you agree that doubts are natural uh, and, and, and would you agree that uh, think of the story of John the Baptist, if anybody had been absolutely convinced of the identity of Jesus Christ being the Son of God, it was John the Baptist. you say, well how why's that pastor? He once pointed to to uh, to 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 Jesus, he was baptizing John the Baptist, he was baptizing, and all of a sudden he turned around and he pointed. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's the one that I've been talking about. He's the one you need to get your eyes on. Not me, but he's the Messiah. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. So he knew who Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was. We, we know that. He baptized him. The heavens was open. He heard God begin to speak. I mean, John heard all these things. But then what happened? He gets arrested. Everybody say he gets arrested. He gets put in prison. Question. What happens to a lot of people when tough times comes, okay? Doubt begins to come into their minds. It creeps in, okay? And here's the issue. How does Jesus react to him expressing a doubt? Did Jesus get mad at John the Baptist? No, he did get mad. No, no, no. Does Jesus say, well, how dare John have the audacity and the hesitation about my identity? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. He didn't even think that. He wasn't even thinking that. Let's see what he says. Luke 7.22. I don't know if I have that in your notes or not. If not, turn there. 7.22. Luke 7.22. Jesus said to his followers about John. Listen to this, listen to this. Here's what Jesus had to say. John had a a, a question of doubt coming in his mind. Are you the Messiah or do we look for another? I, I, I'm not sure now. I'm in prison. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having one of those moments. How many of you have, a, have had one of those moments? Let me see your hands, you know. John did. Listen to the words of Jesus. He said, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. And, the, and notice this, the death here, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. In other words, here's what he's saying, go back and tell John about all the evidence that you've seen with your own eyes. In other words, I want to remove the doubt from John's mind because John really knows who I am. He also, I heard him say it with his own words. But, you know, sometimes we get into a situation where the... How many of you would agree the devil is the devil of a devil? Amen. And he'll use any tactic that he can to get us to doubt. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So they go back and tell John. And here's the deal. Does this now disqualify John? from his role in the kingdom of god? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Thousand times no. Because listen to the words of Jesus. It's after this incident that Jesus gets up before a group of people and he says this, among those that are born of women, there's none greater than John the Baptist. Come on somebody. Wow. There's a, you know, I mean this guy right here, there's none better than him. So he had a doubt. So it's okay. If your friends have a doubt, if they have a question or something like that, you know, God will give us, you know, God will give us, you know, the thing that we need to say to them, their doubts and their questions. Let me, let me just give you a verse of Scripture. 1 Peter 3.15 says it this way. But in your hearts, reverve Christ as, uh, as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope. That you have. How many of you know we have hope this morning? Come on, somebody. We have something in us that's different than the world has, and, and, and the world needs to hear from us, okay? Okay, they, they need to hear that, okay? But, this, but do this with gentleness and respect, okay? That means listening to your friends, creating a safe environment, okay? Uh, our, our friendship where it's okay to ask the question. It's okay if you have doubt. You know, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We, we, we can deal with that. You know, God's bigger than that. Jesus, God's not gonna fall off the throne because you have a doubt. No, a thousand times no, because we're all on a journey and we're all trying to get closer to the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number four, the last point. Taking spiritual risks to offer gestures of grace to others. I love this, Colossians 4, 5. Tells the following of Jesus: Live wisely among those who are not believers, and make the most of every. Help me out. Opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. opportunity. See, you're going to have opportunities in your life to witness. You are a, a witness. That's it, the salt. That's the light. You know, it's there. You're different. How many of you agree that Christians are different? We're not, going, we're not flowing in the same stream of everybody else, but we're really going against the current. And, and, and we need to understand that. We need to know that. We need to look for spiritual opportunities. We need to take risks. Now, my wife, just a few things. My wife, you know, she was telling me that she was um, in line, and I, I think it was Walmart. I'm not for sure. One of the stores there. And, and she was paying for items, and, and there was a lady in front of her that came up a little short. And she was fumbling around and didn't know what to do. My wife said, "Hey, let me pay for that for you." How many of you know that doesn't happen every day? How many of you know that can get someone's attention quickly? What you won't pay for mine. You know, I have some of my children have told me that they, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, go go up and and, and go through the drive through and and pay the person's bill behind them. Okay, it's happened to me too. How many of you know that's just a neat thing? How many of you know it gets people's attention? I, just the other day, you know, I, I, was, I was getting some petrol, some gasoline, you know, and, and this lady didn't have enough money for hers. I just, you know, I just felt like it, it led of God just to give, give her some money, put some gasoline in her tank. See, God's going to give you some opportunities. You know, there's all kinds of ways, but here, this is just some of the ways that God wants us to live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity and, and extend God's grace uh, to them. You know, what can we do this month? What can we take the month? And I just want us to pray about this. Taking the month of August and finding opportunities to reach out to minister to people. To show the lost God's grace. And you know, it's not always throwing money at something. I'm not saying that that's always the thing to do. There's, sometimes it may be just a smile. Sometimes it may be a handshake. So, sometimes it may just be a kind to somebody. Somebody say amen. How many of you agree that people have problems in life and they need someone that, 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 that would just show some kindness and love? So my question, can we be alert this coming week to opportunities to express the grace of God in a simple expression to other people? Can we be alert? And maybe uh, the, uh, the elderly woman down the block, the widow, you know, and, 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 may, and maybe with her, with her lawn or maybe uh, helping her with her groceries or something like that. Or, or, or maybe, you know, a single mom down the block has two kids and a job and, and just barely getting by. You know, maybe we could do something. I remember, you know, just recently too, there's a little girl in our neighborhood. And these, all these kids was riding their bike, you know. I saw this little kid sitting on her steps. And I noticed she didn't have a bike to ride. And I'm thinking, wow, what about that? I don't think she has a bike to ride. So I go in my garage and I look and there's one hanging up. You know, it has a flat tire. Everybody say a flat tire. That's what you do when they have a flat tire. You just hang them up and forget about them, don't you? <laughs> no, my kids, they didn't need it. They needed. it. Anyway, I just went in. I fixed the flat. And I rolled it out there. And I, I said, would you like a bike to ride? Her eyes got so big. Really? I can ride it? I said, write it as long as you want to. And I said, you just park it over to your house or park it back here, whatever you want to do, but just write it. How many of you know that's the kind of thing we need to start doing? Showing the love of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, I believe God's going to give us opportunities if we're open for those opportunities. If you believe that, say amen. Now, I don't know what gesture of grace God might lead you to take a risk to do. But this is critically important. It's not just Christians who are doing nice things for people. The Kiwana Club does the same thing. Come on, somebody. So we need to, I believe, you know, you know, we do things. Sometimes we need to go just a little bit further out there and begin to think outside the box because we don't offer just a cup of cold water to someone who's thirsty. Let me tell you something, we offer eternal life. Come on, somebody. We offer the spiritual waters of life to people, okay, eternal life and forgiveness and grace that comes through Jesus, not us, but through Jesus. But we can be that person that can bring that message. We need to connect the message of Jesus, okay? Here's what Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 14, and we're just about ready to close. Listen to this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, help me out, saved. So what do we need to do? We need to take three kinds of classes at the church to be saved. Not really. Now, to be a disciple is something else. But to be saved, all you need to do, help me out, is call upon the name of the Lord. See, God is just waiting for you to bend your will to his and to say, come into my life. That's all he's waiting for, okay? All these other things will come later, okay? So th- this is what the Scripture says. I'm just reading it. I'm not, I didn't write it. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him notice this and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him notice this and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them see we have a job to do I believe God is getting us ready okay friends we have to explain God's message of grace in a way that touches their lives. We, we, we're that salt. We're that light. Uh, I, don't wanna, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but Brianna, would you just wave at me over there? Okay. Last week after service, uh, Brianna is uh, Amanda's uh, mother, and uh, she came up. Got a ring up here, guys. Thank you. She came up to me, and uh, she was real concerned about a, a, a friend. Uh, a, a friend of hers that was dying of cancer. And basically she was saying, I need your wisdom. And she said, I've never done this before. But I, I, I want to witness to him. And I want to make sure that he is right with the Lord. And boy, I tell you what, that's made my day. I, li- I, like, to, I like to hear things like that. And so we, she said, "Don't you to pray. I said, I'll pray about it. I, said, I could give you some things now, but I'll get back with you. I got back with her, talked with her. And anyway, I, and then I talked with her yesterday. And it's to see, follow up, to see how things went. And, and she had got all this down, and she was ready, and she did. She went to, to, to talk to him, but just so happened, somebody got there before you. Two people had got there before you. But let me tell you something. She was ready to go. She's ready to step out of the boat. Come on, somebody. And to witness to someone. And that's the thing. You know, God is just, you know, and sometimes God may just want to just, just check in us to see if we would do it. We may not have to do that, but just to step out of the you know of our apathy or step out of our comfort zone or step out of whatever it may be it's holding us back that sticky thing that's holding us back and this witness of someone you know and, and, and you know I'm called upon all the time there's even this past week and 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 asking that question do you have everything right with the Lord I Asked a guy in, in a nursing home this week that someone asked me to visit them and they're you know close to to die and you know you have everything right with the Lord how many of you know we need to look for opportunities yes. and when they come by our way we need to take up those opportunities. So what Brianna did was she was live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. She was just, you know, going to do that and take that opportunity. Oh, my. And we all need to do that. Somebody say amen. amen. So here's what I want all of us to consider. How many of you know that we all have loved ones, neighbors, friends, friends, people we know that don't know Jesus. Let me see your hands. How many of you, you know, we, we all have someone that we can think of probably coming to our mind right now. I believe if we will prepare ourselves, I believe if we will start looking for opportunities, I believe God's going to use us to do just that. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Mm. I, I uh, remember a time when I was, we was talking about our spiritual gifts, you know, and we were talking about Getting that place where God can use you, and and finding out. As a matter of fact, I think everybody here needs to find out what your gifts are and where you could be used in a greater way. And it just it, it just it gives you affirmation and confirmation to you that could be more bold in the Lord and things like that. But I remember uh, a minister friend of mine, and I, I'm praying for one gift, and he's praying for the other gift, and it just so happened was in a service, and God used us both at the same time. And we were friends. We just smacked hands. like, Yes. <laughs> How many of you know God will do that? God will do that. Amen. So we need to ask God to give us renewed passion for the lost. We need to grab hold of the spiritual opportunities. How many of you remember that song, this little light of mine? I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Come on, Jacob. I'm going to let it shine. Now, put it under a, a bushel? No. We're going to let it shine. So we, don't, we are light. Think of it. If we are light, when we go into a dark place, shouldn't that light give light to those that are in darkness? And I don't know about you, but I've tasted some salty things. Usually when I eat it off of my wife's plate. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it is salty Miss. Man. man you put too much salt in that oh I want to taste it she says well you can <laughs> cut that right how many of you know you get something that's salty it makes you want to drink come on somebody you know where I'm going with this you know where I'm going with this it makes you want to drink So you get that saltiness around someone And the living waters of Jesus can come into their life And folk, I tell you what We all that are Christians this morning Sit where they used to sit Be what they used to be On that path that they used to be But let me tell you something Let me tell you something Life is very short James said it's like a vapor It's here today, it's gone tomorrow If you're 8 or 80, you know life is short Come on somebody It's short, and it's on a fast track, and we need to do all we can do. So live out your faith, even when it costs you something. Pray for people as if their life depended on it, because it does. Help people get past their spiritual sticky points in their life and take spiritual risk to offer gestures of grace. If you're ready to do that, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I just want to pray for you. Uh, We're getting ready to go our separate ways about that time. But I just want to pray for you. I really believe that God is stirring up some hearts. I really believe that God is preparing hearts. And this month of August is going to be a month of sowing seeds. I believe in the month of September. Oh, I believe in the month of September that we're going to see some harvest. That we're going to see some souls saved. We're going to see some people come to know Jesus, but we need to be ready for them. We need, to be, we need to sow the seed to get the harvest. Yes, we do. And I believe as we do that, God's going to honor it. God's going to bless that. So if this morning, if you know Jesus, thank God that you do. But if you don't feel like you're the salt or the light that you need to be, there's good news. God's going to touch you this morning. God's going to help you this morning. And if you don't know Jesus, there's good news. You can know him this morning. So if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, or you're here this morning, and you want to be that salt that he wants you to be, you want to be that light that he said you were, that's your cry, that's your plea, that's that's, that's what you want, that's your passion, that's what you're wanting right now. And God's speaking to you. If that's you, right now, I want you to raise your hand. Right now, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see some hands going up. Hallelujah. I think God is just sprinkling us this morning with that salt, getting us salty. I believe God is just turning up the light in our lives this morning. Let's reach our hands toward heaven. Those of you that just want to get closer to Jesus, or if you don't know him, lift your hands right now. Both hands toward heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus. I see hands all over this assembly that are raised this morning. And God, we want to get close to you. We want to be the person that you've called us to be. We we want to be that salt. We want to be that light. We want to be, have that obedience in our lives. And, Lord, we want to grab hold of the opportunities this coming month, this, coming, this day, this coming week, this month, next month, this, the rest of this year, next year. We want to be the people, God, that you've called us to be. So bless us right now, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.